1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
0: Live from the Twin Peaks
2: Studios, Sports Radio six ten presents Payne and Pendergast. We will get to the three top quarterback prospects addressing their, uh, I guess, uh, perceived areas of weakness by NFL scouts. We'll get to that in a second. Just real quick news item: Tom Pelissero, the NFL Network, reporting. The Rams have given wide receiver Allen Robinson's agent's permission to seek a trade, and L.A. is even willing to pay a portion of Robinson's $15 million guaranteed salary to facilitate a deal. Robinson is only 29, another big-name veteran potentially leaving L.A. Um, man, the rats are jumping off the ship in L.A. Bobby Wagner last week, Allen Robinson said those were the two acquisitions for Sean McVay last week where it's like, well, this thing's going to go on for a while now in L.A. Look at these guys.
3: Yeah, yeah, that's um. I don't, man. I, this almost looks like a classic case of the Dick Vermeil style Philadelphia burnout. Yeah, where um, Vermeil was just a guy that would you know sleep in his sleep in his office, just just push push push, drive drive drive. Ran now, he was much more. He wasn't like the happy go lucky gentle grandfather back in that day no. when he was with Philadelphia. He was pretty hardcore. So so he did a, he had a different personality than McVay. But some of the stories you read about McVay from this past season, it sounds like he was sounds like he was going through something. Like yeah. he wasn't handling the pressure well or something. And now uh, this might just be part of a protracted uh, you know Reset slash tank. I don't know if I don't know if McVay survives this season.
2: Yeah, I I wonder if LA really want like he's he he says he's back on board and he's you know I'm ready to go again. Yeah. I'm refreshed or whatever. I don't know, man. Like I, if I'm LA, he makes a lot of money. You know what I mean? Like I, if I'm LA, I might have been like, eh, you know what? Maybe well, go ahead and do your <laughs> TV thing. We're just gonna
3: rebuild here. I, I don't here. need a guy. T- talking about how he recommitted himself yeah. to like winning or what how did they phrase it in that article uh, in uh, the athletic I don't it, just, recall, yeah. it sounded like it sounded like he had to it sounded almost like he had to come back around on being committed yeah. uh, this last season because they faced a little bit of hardship that's like uh, like if uh, if an air traffic controller has a nervous breakdown you might say like hey buddy I'm glad you're back and healthy but um we're not going to throw you right back up there. <laughs> right. We're going right, you know, right. to let's maybe think about finding a different role for mm-hmm, you here. Yeah. So uh, the, that's great that McVay found his way back to giving a damn again. But I don't know if I need him in the. Head I don't coach. know if I need him up there in the control tower. Exactly.
2: Yeah. It's a great analogy. Um, all right, let's get to these quarterbacks. So Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson. I feel like those are the big three right now. With no disrespect to uh, Will Levis. That feels like where the Texans are at two. Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are the top two, and then Anthony Richardson is this wild card that everybody's kind of playing wait and see on with the rest of the process. Um, Bryce Young was asked about his height. That was a big thing everybody was waiting to see. We didn't get to react to this yet, Seth. This is our first chance to react to Bryce Young weighing in and getting measured. Before we do that, here was Bryce Young at his media session last week on his perceived lack of bulk
4: i've been this size uh you know respectfully my, my whole life um you know i, I know who i am um, i you know i know what i can do and you know for me you know i think it, it, it's fair you know everyone can can speculate and ask whatever questions are necessary but you know i'm going to continue to control what i can control I'm um, keep working my hardest to put myself in a good position and i'm confident in myself i know what i can do and you know i'm just excited to get to that next level
2: five ten in an eighth of an inch Two hundred and four pounds, he came in at.
3: Yeah, and uh, people are upset that they didn't get to see him throw because they wanted to, uh, I guess, apparently, be sure that he was still actually only five foot ten and a half. Yeah, if he uh, when he was throwing the football. Right. So right. <laughs> I, I think that he only had any he could only lose by throwing because that, he's already regarded as the best overall guy skills wise. It's just the height and the size that's a concern. Um, also, I, I'll credit him too, Sean. When we had read that quote on Friday, we hadn't heard the audio yet. We didn't. We didn't hear that he because he said he'd been that same size his whole life, and we thought, "My God, his poor mother uh, yeah. after, to give birth <laughs> to a, a pain 170 pounds, 190 pounds is light for a quarterback, but not for a fetus." That's right. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> um, he said, "Respectively." So he's saying, relative to other people, he's been the same size. He's been smaller. He's been a. He, he wasn't one of these guys that was like six foot tall in the eighth grade and then had to learn how to. How to make up for it, it sounds like. It sounds like he's always been a scrappy little dude.
2: 204, man. 204. He got that two-handle in front of him. 204.
3: Yeah. Man. He's an Adonis. That's not bad. I feel like if he had come in at 201, people would have thought, like, well, he is just barely eking. Right, go in, take a leak and then come back
2: and weigh again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. The,
3: the tricky thing about him not throwing, honestly, like with, without joking or snark, is, okay, if you put on that much Mass as a quarterback, any kind of you know pitcher, quarterback, anything. There's a chance that you might not be as fluid throwing the ball. Uh, the a number one example is a guy in Tim Tebow who wasn't a great thrower to begin with, but when he bulked up to play fullback for the Jets, remember the couple times that they tried to have him throw the ball?
2: Couldn't bend his arm it, anymore.
3: <laughs> it was, yeah, it was even worse. It was even worse than it usually was. So, I, I guess that is the question. I think that. Guys will probably be looking at how he looks at two oh four, and then on his pro day, if he's not going to weigh in before he before he does his throwing and everything, I think people will be skeptical. Like, okay, what what weight can he actually hold? Yeah,
2: I I, I mean, I've just kind of come to grips with the the weight. I, it's like I don't know, it's kind of a it's kind of just a number to me. Like he's small, yeah. like he's small. 204, like, he's still really, really small, you know? Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, and I've said, it's hard to judge because when Flutie played, for when guys wore bigger shoulder pads, so they looked thicker. Their arms looked tinier, but overall they looked kind of bigger because they had their big shoulder pads. Um but he was like a, he just constructed a little like thicker than, than yeah. Bryce Young yeah. a little more solidly than Bryce Young yeah. Bryce Young has the diminutive size of like a, like a country gentleman like from 17th century England or something very like small. he should be out yes. he should be out chasing uh ch- you know chasing a, a fox with a hound mm-hmm. or something mm-hmm. um but he can if he gets muscled up a little bit. I think Alex Smith is a guy who is like naturally a smaller frame, but he he worked at it and he put on some mass and and was a 215 pound guy, which is small but not too small. Yeah,
2: no, I wouldn't say no to him putting on more weight, but I, that he was 204, like I, you know, I didn't all of a sudden feel like validated in my feelings about Bryce Young. Like, good for him. Yeah. That, if more than anything else, I felt like this shows that he can accomplish a short term goal. You know, I'm guessing it was his goal to get over 200 pounds. He got. Well over 200 pounds, relatively speaking. Let's get to CJ Stroud because CJ Stroud, as I mentioned in the previous segment, getting a lot of love on the text page, but also getting, uh, we're getting a lot of reminders of something he said about Deshaun Watson in his press conference. We'll get to that in a second. Here's CJ Stroud. His Achilles' heel is his perceived lack of elite mobility, maneuverability. Here was C.J. Stroud addressing that on Friday.
4: I'll be honest. Uh, I told him him like I'll tell y'all. I mean, I didn't do it a lot in college, and I feel like I should have, and it's something I do regret. Uh, I feel like I could have done it a lot more. But um, I think uh, if you turn on the film, you really watch what I do, and you really look at film game to game. I have used my athleticism, not only just in the Georgia game, where I did it a lot. I've done it in every other game. I've had tough third down runs. I've had tough fourth down runs. uh, But it is times where I didn't run the ball, or maybe I should have. And, um, I feel like that's something in that I learned, and, and that's what football is about, man. It's about stepping back up to the, to the plate and, and going back and working hard and, and, and fixing those problems. So that's something that I plan to fix, and uh, I'll show my pro day, I'll show my athletics. I'll show my uh, ab- uh, availability to escape pressure. And I've done it before on film, but since people don't think I can do it, I'm going to do it again.
2: That was, uh, was C.J. Stroud, Ohio State quarterback. The Georgia game was big for him, Seth, to show that he's able to do that stuff. I have a hard time quibbling with a player who operated an offense – it's such a productive level in college that he didn't do it a certain way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the, if, that well, clubs yeah. in, if that club's in his bag, that's all I really care about. Um, you know, it's hard to quibble. The guy had 41 touchdowns and six interceptions for an offense that averaged like 45 points a game, you know?
3: Right. But I guess the, you know, it's obvious when you, when you watch him, he like he benefited like any quarterback would from having really, really good receivers. Yeah. Um, I think that the fact of the matter is that when he was pressured over the course of two years, his, there was a big difference in his performance that, yeah, he played for an awesome offense. He did really good things for them, but when pressured it, it broke down for him to a greater degree than it does other quarterbacks. So um, that's, that's going to remain a concern for people. I do think it's unfortunate that, I mean, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, the big concern was, ah, boy, I don't know, this quarterback runs around too much and scrambles and he's, he's improvising too much. Now, guys having responded to that will, will consciously try not to scramble as much because they don't want to have that perception, but they're like, they're behind the curve. Now they actually want to be, now they want you to be able to show that you can improvise and that you can do the, the Pat Mahomes type of stuff. It's, uh, it's, it's unfortunate because I think that maybe if he had cultivated that part of his game more, for him, then yeah, they would have seen more of it, yeah. but he just wasn't, he was so focused on trying to do it the classical way, the conventional way that I think there's, I, I do think there's maybe an underestimation of his athletic ability.
2: Uh, here was the other quote from CJ Stroud that you and I read transcripts of on the air on Friday. Cause Seth and I, these quarterbacks all met with the media Friday morning. We were on the air while they were on. So we didn't get a chance to dig into the, the audio. Um, we've now had a chance to watch all those press conferences Here was C.J. Stroud mentioning why he wears the number seven and quarterbacks whose style he looks up to.
4: Growing up, for me, uh, even one of the reasons I wore number seven was because Michael Vick. Uh, so um, he inspired me not only just to uh, be athletic and use my athleticism, but uh, as a black quarterback to stay in the pocket and throw the ball. And that's something that he was very underrated in. Uh, so and then I like I looked up to Deshaun Watson a lot as somebody I feel like I have a similar playing style to. And then Joe Burrow, uh, being able to create, uh, not being the fastest guy ever, but being able to kind of extend plays, uh, throw guys off of you, just be tough. And that's something that uh, that I feel like I will do in this game.
2: Okay, the mere mention of Deshaun Watson, and I, I thought. Is obviously triggered a lot of Texan fans. I, in Listening to it now, Seth, listening to the totality of the clip, I he, I don't know, you use the word looks up to Deshaun Watson and then that gets that gets snipped out and put into a tweet. I think he was talking more about playing style than he was yeah, as a person. Yeah, I mean,
3: person. yeah, you 100% was. You're yeah. asking him, like, well, and that's why I would say he's inaccurate in describing himself as that type of I player. would agree with you I don't on think that. That's a, yeah. You know, I think, uh, like... Uh, Maybe the better version of Jared Goff, Joe Burrow, I, yeah, I think that's, that's, that's fine. Um, but, like, Deshaun Watson, no way in hell. Like other, than, other than that Deshaun is really good with ball placement and touch, I think that's something that C.J. Stroud is good at. That's a, the, the biggest thing about C.J. Stroud that I liked in his interview was that he, he called himself a ball placement specialist. And I think there is something to that that he demonstrates a, a finesse and a touch with dropping the ball – down in you know, down deep downfield into places where only the receiver can catch it, understanding where to place it in certain coverages. Um I think he does all that really well. But I just don't I don't think of him at all as a the same style of play as Deshaun Watson. I think that's more of an offshoot of he's probably worked with Deshaun Watson a, a good amount more than we've even seen on camera because sure. they share a quarterback's coach and an agent and all that. Yep,
2: yep, and and predictably the texts are coming in on the trailer wheel and frame text page, 7084. Don't want any QB that looks up to Watson or has all the same resources available to him. Agent and QB coach. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's.
3: I've been thinking about that. I used to shoo that away as a as a topic, whether the Texans would take somebody that's represented by David Mulligetta. Man, when it's a quarterback, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, that's, uh, those wounds are oh. still fresh. And, uh, this, uh, you know, Mulligetta was the agent that helped Deshaun Watson ask for a trade just a few months after they gave him that deal. And I, I, I was the first to say that, look, the Texans organization was messed up in a lot of ways right uh, at that point. But, I, yeah, maybe that's a little too raw right now
2: uh let's see trailer wheel and frame text page 6553 don't let cj have dogs or get massage off of instagram so there you go yeah, uh just yeah. the mere mention of michael vick and deshaun watson now vick i
3: think look vick like Vic gave him bad advice well that, that, in the I'm, pocket. i'm glad much. you <laughs> <laughs> said that like in one breath he's
2: like you know i really looked up to michael vick you know as a black quarterback staying in the pocket and throwing the football and then in the next breath it's I really wish I had escaped the pocket and ran around a lot more.
3: (laughs) (laughs) It was because that was Vic. I mean, it was 20 years ago. If you're a black quarterback, that was the first thing they tried to use against you. Yeah. I was like, well, he might, he might, he might be a little too dude. good outside the pocket. Yeah. I don't know about this. You I know, know? dude. I felt now like... it's now it's turned into like, uh, C.J. Stroud too much of a pure pocket quarterback. Yeah, it felt
2: like can Donovan McNabb throw from the pocket was like the biggest topic for like three straight off seasons. You know,
3: it's always it's it's also curious that uh, before you always gosh, you needed some guy that can just stand there in the pocket, rigid as a stone. Uh, that's what you need. The where now? Now all of a sudden, there's acceptance to other types of quarterbacks, and now now maybe quarterbacks aren't that important. It's actually the wide receivers yeah. that are that are getting all this stuff done. The huh. game is evolving. All right, anything Anthony, we can do to not give credit to one one ad, one type of quarterback? Yeah.
2: Uh Anthony Richardson. Now we get to the wild card here. Anthony Richardson. Here was Anthony Richardson when he was asked about the quote project label that he
3: has.
4: I don't even know uh, what what that means, project label, but. Uh, You know, I'm willing to bring anything, you know, anything, everything that they need from me. You know, I'm going to work hard. You know, I'm going to be dedicated to my craft. You know, I'm just, you know, be a leader in that that organization. So, uh, just grow and continue to grow.
2: Which of these teams, Uh, who who do you, have you started to kind of slot what team might be most likely for Anthony Richardson at all, Seth? As you look at the QB needy teams near the top, it's the Texans, it's the Colts, it's the Raiders. Seattle's kind of a wild card. I think Carolina's one that I often see him mock to at nine. They yeah, to move I up don't to think get him.
3: the I, I don't know about the Raiders just because I don't know if Josh McDaniels wants somebody who's considered a project right now Agreed. and he's always placed such a high priority or I guess he's had such good fortune with a guy who's very very accurate in Tom Brady that I don't think it would be the Raiders um I the other guys it's hard to say because I think that the standards and expectations like we just talked about for what you want out of a quarterback have changed a lot and especially I think that if the the Panthers have seen, you know, Tepper, the Panthers' owner, yeah. has seen exactly, uh, you know, what you get when you overpay for veteran quarterbacks um, who, you know, maybe check off a lot of boxes but just aren't the guy. I wonder, I wonder if he maybe wants to see what it would be like taking a guy that's very raw but has extreme athletic ability and if you can spend money. He'd rather – I could see Tepper spending a boatload of money on – Trading for veteran wide receivers at this point and pairing them with a young quarterback, than than perhaps you know paying a bunch of money for a guy that's just a flyer as an old school quarterback.
4: I heard
2: a great stat driving in from um from Damon Lara, uh on Anthony Richardson, and I'm looking at it now. He had more 400 yard passing games last year than he had 300 yard passing games last yeah, year, yeah. which I think uh, is a is is really it really kind of encapsulates. He had no 300-yard passing games. His high, other than the 400-yard games, was 240. He had two 200-yard passing games, zero 300-yard passing games, and two 400-yard passing games. And then he had a bunch that were 143, 112. He had a 66-yard game against Mizzou, 112 against South Carolina. He's all over the place. And I think think this game log, Seth, that stat, I think, is Anthony Richardson in a nutshell. Like, he can go out and give you a performance – where you go, this guy's going to win multiple Super Bowls. The problem is he can't give you the B. Plus. He can give you an A, plus, but there's no B pluses or Bs on here. It's all Ds, Fs, Cs, and A pluses on here.
3: Yeah, there's so many. The, yeah, the, the number of 100 plus yard passing games, like the, the somewhere between 100 and 168 yards passing. Oh, There's far too many of those, and I know. <laughs> Um, it's really, it's, uh, it's scary. I, I I can't, I can't talk myself into Anthony Richardson. I was having a hard time following, um, I, did, I wasn't having a hard time following, but I was just checking in on Landry a little bit. Was Landry falling in love with Anthony Richardson oh, or he, no. wants oh, okay, no. he wants the Colts? Oh, no. Okay, he wants the Colts to fall in love with Anthony Richardson. He okay, is a, okay. he is a staunch anti He's okay. staunch anti Richardson, yeah. That's what I thought, but then I thought maybe at the Combine he was vacillating or something. No, 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 no. no. He's just joking around. Yep. Okay.
2: Yep, he's just joking around. So,
3: um, Yeah, I, now, as far as podium stuff goes, I actually thought that Anthony Richardson was the most. Uh, he was at least like the most charismatic of them. Yeah, his uh, and his voice, his voice is so Shoot. deep and mellifluous that I feel like you won't have to worry about him going out to try to find his, uh, try to find his joy in places he shouldn't. I think he's gonna he's gonna have as much joy thrown his way as possible. He could talk he yeah. could talk
2: me into a lot of things with that deep baritone voice, man. <laughs>
3: Sean's going to throw his panties up in the press. <laughs> I tell presence. you, that is a sexy voice he's got right there. <laughs> but he also he, you know what I liked about Anthony Richardson? He's just having fun with it. Yeah. Like not in an unprofessional way or anything. He looked like he was just up having fun with the experience. If I could get if I could get Anthony Richardson's charisma transplanted into C.J. Stroud, I feel like C.J. Stroud, I think it would show up on the field. Yeah. I think it would be like, okay, it doesn't look as much like he's aiming the ball now. It looks like he's playing football and having a good time.
2: For sure, for sure. All right, um, that was our, um, that was our run through the top three quarterbacks addressing each of their Achilles heels. We'll get back to get plenty from the combine with these quarterbacks uh, over the weekend. Spring training, let's recap it. We were there. Uh, last week for the uh, the Astros spring training and uh, we had a good week out there and um, feeling pretty good feeling pretty good about the team coming up uh, the Astros coming up this season I'm surprised there aren't more people on my bandwagon though when it comes to one particular thing about this run up to the 2023 regular season we'll tell you what that is next
0: okay picture this it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you